Galatians chapter number 4, Galatians chapter number 4 this evening, continuing to look at the home tonight, I thinking a while ago I preached a good bit about, good. I mentioned one point this morning about church faithfulness and about being faithful to church and come back and there's 18 or 20 of us here tonight, so I mean, uh, uh, I'm still going to preach it though, okay, it's still necessary, I realize there's some that's that's sick and unable to be here. Brother Troy had to take Sister Devin home. She was not feeling well. And uh, no, we're still looking at potential problems in the home. And uh, we're going to look at tonight at God's three basic commands to parents. God's three basic commands to parents. And uh, it's uh, to parents in general and to all of us as parents, as grandparents, as the whole the whole bunch of us that we would see God be willing our responsibility uh, in being being entrusted with the lives of young people, of, of young children today. It is a gift. It is a gift from the Lord. It is a, it is God's gift to us. They they God's children are not burdens. Uh, children are not potent, not problems, but children are gifts from God. And uh, when we'll look at them as gifts from God, we'll look at them in a different light. We'll see them. They're, they're, I know what they are. I know who, where they come from. I know all the problems that can come. But when we look at, at young folks, at children, as God's blessings, We'll see it in a different light. I want to look at one verse of Scripture. I want to try to stay as contextually straight as what we can tonight. In chapter number 4, book of Galatians, verse number 1. We're going to begin to read right there. And uh, Galatians chapter number 4, beginning to read with verse number 1. Now say that the heir, as long as he is a child, differeth nothing from a servant, though he be lord of all, but is under tutors, and governors until the time appointed of the Father. Father in heaven, thank you, Lord, for the privilege tonight that we can look at your word. Thank you, God, for the help that you've given us. I pray, Father, tonight for, uh, for unction. I pray, God, for clarity of thought. I pray, God, for soundness of speech. God, as we present and, and bring forth this lesson tonight, God, I realize there's a lot that are not here. God, I pray whether they're listening here in the building or those that's listening by other means, I pray, God, that you'd help each one this evening. Lord God, you know what we all stand in need of? Father, we certainly do need you. Bless our families. Bless our homes. God, help us to honor you in all that we do. Give us a desire, Lord, to honor you and to be pleasing to you. We'll praise you in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Thank you and be seated. We find that we, and you look in contextually at the Word of God, that we're under the law. The Bible teaching us here that we're under the law until Christ came. That's contextually what the Scripture said. But in verse number 2, he said we were under, but as under the tutors and governors until the time appointed of the Father, what that basically means is, in context is this, is that those laws, those Old Testament Mosaic laws were, were, were to be taught until the young people and to the children 
until the time of the, the Father would reveal the Lord Jesus today. Now, let's look at it in this way, if you will, this evening, and look at, the, the, at God's three basic commands uh, to parents today. Uh, society, if you will, today has, uh, has rewritten uh, the books on child training uh, to eliminate anything that, that has to do with the Word of God. Uh, we don't, well, I mean, that basically they don't want anything to do with God's Word involved in child rearing. They don't want anything involved with God. They don't want no, uh, no direction at God. Let everybody choose what they want to be. We're in this big choose deal, you know, in this era today where you choose whether you want to be a, a, a man or a woman. You choose whether you want to be a cat or a dog or you choose what, what, you, what you want to be. I we was somewhere yesterday and, and, uh, and, and well, I was yes talking to somebody yesterday and, and they was talking about at the high school at the Stone over there that there were some young people that was coming to, uh, to school and they were saying they were cats. They were some they identified as cats, and I, what, I, what kind of, just what a stupid animal to identify as anyway. Anyhow, okay, I ain't no cat person, all right. So, uh, uh, you know, just if you can, I mean, why not a, 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 a lion or you know a tiger or something? I mean, why a cat? You know, how like any of it's stupid, okay. And I said it again from the pulpit, stupid, okay. Uh, but, but just, and it, there ain't no other word I can use to describe that theory and that thought today. But just the pure points of of ignorance of people, and and I'm not trying to be politically correct, neither am I trying to be politically incorrect, but I'm trying to be truthful. And and, and the fact that society has taken the, the the commands that God has given, and has eliminated them at at, at every point from child rearing, and from and with anything to do with the family unit today. If your family's in trouble, then you seek counsel of a psychologist. If your family's in trouble, then you you go see this. Get you some drugs and and somebody get you some kind of pill to take. There's a pill to remedy everything and to take care of everything. And that's the mind of society and of the general public today. We see a total misconception of what a good young person is today. There is a total misconception of it. There is a no understanding uh, today of what a good and decent young person is. Uh, to have a person that, uh, that, that loves God, that's different, and, and that wants to be different from the rest of the world, uh, for, to, to have those type of people, those young people today, they're looked at as being oddballs and, and as being, uh, well, just, it's just strange. And the reason they was having because parents had flip-flopped on their ideas and their goals for training their children. Uh, become lenient with, with uh, repercussion of sinfulness and, and become lenient with rebellion. Uh, rebellion, I'm going to tell you where it's at today, and I want you to all to listen to me. Uh, when, you're, when your children stands up to you and tells you what they're going to do and what they want to do, and you trying to reason with them and them being boisterous about it, that's rebellion. All right, rebellion, that's rebellion. And it ought not be tolerated at any age. All right? It ought not be tolerated at any age. It's not something that's cute. All right? Uh, it's not something that you, you work around. It's something you address at that very moment. The problem is not with the child. 
The problem is with pain. That's where the problem comes. God did not tell us to be our children's best friend. God did not tell us to be our children's buddy. But God gave us children so we could parent them. Places today have been swapped in the home for disciplinary roles and today it's more of the wife's responsibility than it is than, than it is the husband's. And uh, that's backwards. That's totally backwards from the Word of God. The Bible said in verse number 2, but is under tutors and governors until the time appointed of the Father. I'm looking at potential problems in the home. What we're trying to do is avoid those things, right? Don't you want to avoid problems with your children? Well, if you can head them things off at the past, it'd be good to address it now while they're little bitty fellows <coughs> to change their direction rather than waiting until they're old and you have, well, you really can't bend them to the place and direct them in the place that they need to be directed. The first, go, uh, first basic command to the parents today, I would say would be that they would teach the children. Parents to be teachers of the children. Now let me say this, it is the father's responsibility to see that the children are taught. And I will ask this question, Dad, how much teaching do you do to your children? How much teaching do you do to your children? Teaching is not hollering. Teaching is not screaming. Teaching is not demanding. But teaching is teaching. If I get up in this pulpit and I just demand that you do things and I demand this, then I'm no longer a teacher. I've become a dictator and I have gotten out of place. What we need to do today is to examine our homes and to see really how much teaching is being done. Isaiah chapter 38 and verse number 19. The Bible said here, the living, the living, he shall praise thee as I do this day. Listen, the father to the children shall make known thy truth. The father to the children shall make known thy truth. He didn't say the mother to the children, but he said the father to the children shall make known thy truth. Now, am I saying that, that the woman is eliminated from teaching the children? No, I'm not. But any teaching the wife does in the home is, is under the authority of the husband. <coughs> and if you are not, sir, doing the teaching yourself, if you are not doing instruction yourself, if you're not taking time to instruct your children yourself, you have relinquished the authority of your home. Don't stand up and say how you need to be the head of the home when you're not willing to be the head of the home. When you're unwilling to do the biblical teaching, the spiritual things that the Bible says that we ought to do. Amen. Amen. I'll say it again. That's good preaching right there. Because of the fact today that men have shirked their responsibility and we want to be the man as long as it's making decisions, but taking responsibility maybe is not so important anymore. 23 times in the Proverbs, 
the writer addresses my son. 23 times in the Proverbs, he says, my son, and then he gives a, a proverb concerning this, a teaching, a command, a thought. He encourages his son 23 different times in, this, in, in the book of Proverbs. It was not his mother 23 times doing that. But it was the writer of the Proverbs, who is the preacher, who is Solomon, that is saying, my son, my son, do this. My son, do that. My son, observe this. My son, please practice this. My son, be aware of this. He is teaching at all times. Solomon taught a lot because of the failures that he saw in his life and that he had in his life. He knew what the attack of the world was like. You see, teaching your children, it requires time and it requires effort. Amen. It requires time. It requires, if you're going to teach your children, sir, you know what it does? It requires time for you to study to teach your children. What I'm so, what I'm so ashamed of today in, in the modern church day that we live is the lack of study by modern, by, by just the laymen of the church. Uh, the, the lack of, of, of picking up your Bible and reading what God says and studying the, the Word of God. And, and you preacher boys, listen to me. You don't just pick up your Bible and read it when you're trying to get a message. If that's the only studying you do is just to pick up and try to get a message and, and try to make an outline, then you're not feeding yourself and you're not giving yourself that overflow in which it can help your, your family and can help your family to grow. You see, study time is required by a, a, a father if he is going to teach his children. Then there's the reinforcement time. Things just to come back and just to reinforce uh, the, 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 the Scripture, reinforce it with teaching, reinforce it with, with uh, basic Discussion. I'd say discussion time uh, is uh, is is there also. But most fathers today have no time for their children. Most fathers today have no time for their children. The Bible said in Proverbs 22 and verse number six, we know the scripture. All of you can quote it. Train up a child, and the way he should go, and when he's old. Not depart from. Did the, let me ask you this? Did he say, "Train up a child in the way they should go"? Huh? What did he say? Way should he, way he should go. There's the difference there, isn't there? I mean, am I just a? I know that that I'm a sticker on the the book when it comes to. But there is a difference in meaning between they and he. There is, there, there is that, that singular form, that individual form that he should go. And then there's that goal in a, a way they should go. The Bible don't say it's a collective group thing. But if, if you take the teaching of the Word of God at hand, then you must say that it is a it is a a one-on-one -on -one time needs to be taught. 
I told y'all last last Sunday about about we uh Reverend William Carey. It was uh, John Wesley's parents, her his their mother, their mother. I can't remember her name now, but uh, I had it written down in the notes. But having 19 children and having being able to to at least spend one hour a week in 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 just instilling in each child, each child reinforcing the scripture, reinforcing what the Bible says, and teaching them that they are individually important. Sir, your children need to know that they're important to you. Teaching involves instruction, first of all. It involves instruction. It involves teaching them how to live for God. We have to teach them manners, don't we? Was you born with manners? No. Remember what you did when you was a baby. You still wet your diaper. Right? And something else too. If you, I mean, that's not manners, right? In public, all right? That's not manners, was it? They had to, you know what they had to do? They had to learn not to do that. They had to be taught. Come to the age where they can be taught not to do that. You say, well, that's just child development, preacher. Well, you take one and leave them to themselves and see what happens. Take a child, leave them to themselves and see what happens without instructing. You see, teaching involves instruction. Uh, uh, for instance, this. I, 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 don't know of a, I, I don't know of a child that just figured out one day how to sit down and tie their shoe. All right? You know how they taught, how they learned? Somebody taught them. Somebody showed them that you take that thing and you you tie it and you make a knot and you make the bow and you wrap it around and you pull it back through and they didn't get it right the first time. And they had tie knots in it and you'd have to get something and untie it. May have to cut the shoestrings out, but finally after a while it clicked and they got it. You know how come? Because somebody instructed and taught them consistently how to do it. Morality has to be taught. Y'all following me tonight? Morality must be taught. It has to be taught how to be moral. What morality? You know what the Bible said? The Bible said these little babies that you that are around here, they're liars. That's what the Bible says about them. From the womb, right? Exactly right. They're liars. Why is that? Because it's their nature. Their, their dad and mom was a liar. And their dad and mom had to be taught that they don't lie. And so it's dad and mom's responsibility to teach that child not to lie. Now, you, when you think about it, you say, preacher, this is elementary. But morality needs to be taught. Why do we have so many immoral children today? Because we've got so many immoral parents. <clears throat> so many immoral parents to courting. If I've made enemies over one thing in my ministry over the past 15, 20 years, it's over that one subject of courtship. Because what I teach goes against what we've all, that are older, my generation and, and, and Philip's generation and younger, or older, is it, it goes against what we were taught. What we not what we were taught, because we wasn't taught nothing about it. Okay, 
but it goes against what we were allowed to do. And I've been called everything from a bigot to stupid and everything else over that. But it doesn't change the fact that the Bible is clear on the teaching of the Word of God. And you know what has to be taught? You have to start off as a child teaching the young people, teaching them when they're young that there's going to come a time. You don't touch it, you, sir. Son, you don't touch that girl. Honey, you don't touch him. And you stay par, you stay pure. And that's got to be taught. It's got to be instructed. It's got to be drilled in there. And it's got to be reinforced in the actions and, and who you allow them to be around. Who you allow them to be around. You teach them one thing and you allow them to go and uh, go around and do with others that are not taught the same way. I promise you confusion will set up in their life. And the Bible said that, that, that God is not the author of that confusion. And that confusion will warp them. It will ruin them. Their flesh will pull them against the Spirit. And they'll want to please the flesh more than they will the Spirit. And what they'll wind up doing more times than not in their life is they will please their flesh. It's all been because that they were not instructed in the way that they should go. You see, teaching involves instruction. You teach them about salvation. When do you start? Nine months before. You teach them about it before they ever arrive on planet earth. And you don't let it have, you, you do not let it cease. It's all according to how important it is to you that your children, they need to be instructed when they're younger that, honey, there's going to be a day when God the Holy Spirit's going to pass by you. He's going to woo you and he's going to draw you. He's going to let you know that you're lost and that you need to be saved. Honey, when he does that, don't ever let him pass by without responding to him in a positive way. You trust him when he comes by your way. I remember telling my, my children that, and I, I remember particularly Heather, because Heather was always so much more tenderhearted than, than Seth. You know, Seth, he... He's natured a lot like his daddy, I reckon, in some ways. In some ways, he's like his mama. Uh, but he didn't get the he he didn't he didn't get the the tenderheartedness from his mama like Heather did, I reckon. And uh, but Heather, I remember telling her that her looking at me in my eyes and saying, "I will, Dad." I'd say, "Baby, please don't ever let Jesus pass by you when He comes by your way." Please trust him. And she'd look at me with him big old and said, I will, Dad. I will. And blaze the Lord, she did. She did. See, you take time to instruct them. Take time to tell them what's important about salvation. They need to know that there's a hell if they reject Jesus. And they need to know that they're capable of going to hell if they reject Jesus. You know what? They can... They may not believe somebody over here and somebody over there, but Daddy and Mama, if you'll handle yourself right, they'll believe you when you tell them. They'll believe you. Don't lie to them about anything else. Don't tell them that there's a man and a 
big red suit that comes down the chimney and leaves gifts, and, and there's a bunny that brings Easter eggs, and, and all. Don't, don't lie to them about that, and you won't have any problem for them believing you that, that, believing you that Jesus is coming. They need to be saved. Teach them about salvation. You teach them this, that it's their choice as to whether or not they get saved. That all you can do is, is, is put them, is, is expose them to the surroundings of Bible preaching. The Holy Ghost will do his part and, and what's left is their choice. See, that's what you got to let do. You got to let them know that, that it's going to be their decision. Their decision. Then you teach them work ethics. Amen. Little boys need to know that they got to work. Amen. They don't need to think that they can get a cush office job. They need to, they need to work. They need to know what sweat is. They need to know what, what, what a, I'll just be on what it's like to have a blister on their hand. No, not my baby, preacher. I tell you what you better do. You better cut the cord. What you better do. Because I tell you what, if you don't, you'll raise a sorry individual. The Bible said if a man that won't work, he ought not to eat. But let me tell you this. I tell you what, the young ladies, the the girls need to know how to work as well. They need to learn how to be keepers at home. What they need to know how to cook. Some of you men holler right there now. Need to know how to cook. They need to know how to clean. They need to know how to wash clothes and, and mop a floor. How to do the dishes, all right? They need to know. You know, I, I remember me and Angel, when, when she and I were, were courting, we, we, would, we was... I'd go down there and you, somebody said, what about the dishwasher? That was her. That was it right there. She was the dishwasher. I've seen her sit there, stand there at the sink, waiting, me sitting on the couch, waiting on, for her to come over, we could talk or something, and her stand there and wash dishes two or three hours, you know. Didn't hurt her. She still knows how to do it. I bought her a dishwasher, though, thank God. Amen. First one she had was when we, we got married. That's something she didn't have one. She didn't have one a long time after that. But, but you, I mean, they, they need to know how, this, how, how to work and teach them ethics about it. Teach them not to be lazy. You know, they've got to be taught that. And they've got to be instructed in these things. And uh, you teach them about sanctification. Maintain standards and convictions. Teach them to be sanctified, set apart. Teach them to dress the right way. You, you, you teach them, well, preacher, what's the right way? Well, I tell you what, the Bible tells them to be modest. Teach the young ladies to be modest, but I'm going to tell you also, ought to teach the young man to be modest as well. They need to learn to be modest. Not be not exposed, not any, any nakedness. Don't leave anything. Well, you know, you ain't got to have a whole lot to, of imagination today. I'll just be honest with you. I was looking at some pictures of a church that I was well acquainted with a while ago. They had church this morning, had a baptizing, and had and I was 
and I'll just be honest with you. Yeah, I was uh, the the young ladies coming out of there with the tight blue jeans on. A church, I'll be honest, church I used to pastor. A church with their tight blue jeans on and hose, all in their blue jeans. I mean, awful. If I couldn't afford no better than that, I believe I I don't know what I'd put a flyer sack together or something. There's no teaching on modesty. There's no holding to the standards. I'm, I'm wondering what's happened to the parents because I know what they've heard. The grandparents that sit there and, and smile and talk about how godly those young folks are. That, that ain't godly. I don't care who you are, who your grandma and grandpa is. It's not godly. And it's not okay. Hey, y'all. It's not okay in the world, especially not at church. But sanctification needs to be taught. Sir, it's your responsibility to set the standards of modesty in your home. Well, I don't want to tell them how to dress, preacher. God help you with because if you let them tell you how they're going to dress, nine times out of there is the exception. But nine times out of ten, it's going to go south. Dress standards should be a standard not only for church but for life. Teach them about sanctification. Teach them about sanctified speech. How to talk. How to have a good testimony. And here's something else. Give instructions, not just orders. Again, give biblical reasons for this. Let them know why it's wrong to do this. Let them know why it's wrong to act and to dress and to talk this way and to behave this way. You see, the first of the three basic commands to parents is to teach the children. The second is to discipline the children. Can I tell you that you can affect how your children react to authority? Y'all remember back during the COVID stuff and when the Black Lives Matter stuff started real big and and uh that fellow that said, you know, what was he got? One that got cops put the knee on his neck and the, the George Floyd deal. All the rioting and, and uh, all that kind of stuff that's taking place. And you've seen them in the streets burning down buildings. And can I tell you whose fault that is? That's, a, that's, a, that's an evidence of no parenting in the life of children. No respect for authority. Look in a cop's face and spit at him and curse at him and, 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 and stuff like that. I'm going to tell you what. It lets me know that they've probably done the same thing to their dad and to their mom because they have no respect for authority. They're always right. And the authority's always wrong. You see, sir, you represent authority to your children. If you let them get by without disciplining them, 
you're causing them to act just like those folks act. It it, it makes my, if there's one thing that, that I have to control myself with, it's with a rebellious child. And I really, I, I really have to, Brother Philip, I have to hold myself back because I, it really stirs up my flesh, okay? A, a, a rebellious child that'll be rebellious to their parents and the parents act like there's nothing big to do with it. I don't know who would shake the hardest, the child or the parents. You know, I understand tolerance, but tolerance can go to the extreme of foolishness. You see, you represent authority. Now, discipline is not all about spanking. It's not all about spanking. That's what we like to think. I'll beat mine. Well, you might beat them, but that's not going to solve anything. Discipline is not all about spanking, but it's also about helping the child to understand the wrong. It's not all about dealing with the rear end, but it's about dealing with our conscience. It's about dealing with our conscience as well. Over, overdone discipline, if you understand what I mean. I don't know of any other word to use. But overexerted discipline, I say, will, will also cause rebellious children. I've heard I've heard folks make the statement that had I, I can I can I'm thinking of one preacher. I'm not real familiar with him. I I, I know of his children a lot more than I know him. But when his children reached the age of, of 18, the day most all of them, I'm talking about he got a pile of them to him. And when they reached the age of 18. I think all, everyone he had, the day of their 18th birthday, they left the house, and they, they, they were gone. And uh, most all of them resent the over-exerted discipline that their father did. They, and here's one thing I've even learned and heard about recently that he did. He, would, he wouldn't just discipline them. He had disciplined their mama, too been told about that, that, he, that that would happen. He'd, he'd just soon whip her if he had the kids, and, uh, and the kids would see that. And I, I'm not, I'm not, I'm, I'm just saying this, that every one of those children, most of them turned out okay, and, uh, but all of them have resentment toward their dad by his behavior, about, by, because of his behavior because of how he never made them understand the wrong. He just was a bully, I guess you'd say. Discipline was overdone. And what it has done, it created anger inside those children. And not repentance. You see, that's our goal. When our child does wrong and when when they're disciplined, what we want to do is not create anger in them, That's why the Bible tells us to be careful, Daddy, not to provoke your children to wrath. That's why he said that. Don't provoke them to wrath because you can overdo something and you can provoke him to wrath. But 
our goal is not to provoke to wrath, but to provoke them to repentance. Hebrews chapter 12 and verse number 11. Now, no chastening for the present seemeth to be joyous, but grievous. Nevertheless, afterward, it yieldeth the peaceable fruit of righteousness unto them which are exercised thereby. Well, you say, that's, that's God's chastening. You know who we're to follow? We're to follow the example of God's chastening. And God's chastening brings forth the peaceable fruit of righteousness, and, and that's what we ought to want the goal, or the goal of our chastening to our children to be, to bring forth the peaceable fruit of righteousness, to bring that about. And if the, if the heart of a child is not reached, uh, if the Word of God does not penetrate, then there is no lasting accomplishment that's, that, that's done there. You see, it's more than just a, a lashing or a beating or, or screaming at, but it's reaching the interior, reaching that part that's in rebellion, reaching that heart. For, for instance, here's a perfect example. Eli and his sons. We know in the Bible, the Eli, the Scripture Eli, he would he would spew correction their way, would he not? He would spew correction their way. Don't do that, boys. Y'all know better than that. He would spew correction. But there was never no restraint, no consequences, no reasoning as to why that I don't want you to do this. And they, those boys died lost. Is that your goal? For your children to die without a Savior? Absolutely not, preacher. I want my children to be saved. You've got a responsibility, and that responsibility is to teach your children, and that responsibility is to discipline your children. It's a tremendous warning right there to dads when you look at Eli's story. God destroyed the whole house of Eli because of his lack of carrying out what God told him to carry out. Number one was the teaching of the children. Number two, the discipline of the children. And number three, and I'm done, it's the love of the children. Do you ever just sit down and listen to your children? Just sit down and let them talk to you. Just sit down and listen to them. Give them your undivided. Oh. Give them your undivided attention. undivided attention. We may ought to have altar call right there. With no device. I'm going to put their, their iPads away. Most of them's got them too. Turn the television off. Not arguing but listening to what they have to say. Jesus said something profound one day in the book of Matthew chapter 21, verse number 16. He said, Yea, have you never read out of the mouth of babes and sucklings thou hast perfected praise? 
Jesus was telling some folks, you might want to listen. You might learn something. You might want to listen because it may do you some good. It might help your family. It might help your relationships. Not only today, but in years to come with your children. You know what they may be? They may be crying out for love and attention. You ever seen a child like that? That's pitiful. It is, that's, that's pitiful. You see a child that, man, they're just craving attention. They get annoying. You know, a child that's, that's left, that ha, that never gets any attention, they can be annoying. I mean, if you've ever known someone like that, I mean, they'll, they'll be, and all they want is for somebody just to sit down and listen to them and love them. Can you imagine what it would have been like to grow up and not been loved? My parents weren't perfect. But I can tell you this. I was loved. I was loved. I don't know what would have happened to me if I hadn't had my my stepdad come along. I've told you all this before. I don't understand everything about it. I know God hates divorce, okay? And I'll preach that to the day I die, as long as my mind stays straight. God hates it, and so do I, okay? But I'll tell you one thing. One of the greatest days in my life, besides when I met Jesus, was when the day I got a daddy. And my daddy loved me. But, Dean, I don't understand everything about that, but I sure am thankful. You see, I know what it's like to be loved by a mama. And I know what it's like to be loved by a daddy. And I want my children to be able to say the same thing. You know what? You know how how love is, is measured in a child's mind? Yeah, but hope it is. Love is measured in a child's mind by time. What do you mean? That's kind of, how, how, how do you figure how much time they get from you? Let them know they love you. They love you. How often do we make them seem like they're Folks, I tell you something. Time spent with your children is never wasted. Philip, when you can take them boys and shoot a gun, you take them. It's not wasted. 
do what Zachary likes to do. Well, Zachary, you do what Zachary likes to do. Just not with me. Brother Mark, you spend time with them boys and with them girls and with them parents. That's not wasted time. It's precious time. There's going to come a day going to come a day when you're going to say, I wish I was back here. I wish they was back so I could spend more time with them. I wish they was back so I could walk to their bedroom. Say, let's talk a little while. What's going on? What's important to y'all, Brother Jeff? Well, what's well, you know what what do you know what's important to you and your family, your children, what's important to you? Do you? They measure how much they're loved by how much time we spend with them. How many times are we too busy for them? Keep the door of communication open. See, sports is not as important as you think it is. The economy is not as important as you think it is. You can get by with not knowing what the stock market's doing today. Politics is not as important as you think it is. But listening to your children is important. Listen to them. Show them affection. Show them acceptance. Recognize their achievements. Recognize their achievements. Give them the attention they deserve. Let me tell you what you do. You take the face, take the place of that phone screen that they hold up in front of their face a lot. And let them take the, the, the place of the, the device you hold up in front of your face a lot. And spend that time with them. Without a family, without children, you don't have anything. But problems. Potential problems in our home we create are many. I said that we create there's going to come a day you're going to regret it. Well, mama, if he don't, if he don't pull the, put the bill, if he don't pull the load, you keep doing your part. You keep doing your part. You keep listening. You keep loving. You keep teaching. You're not going to stand accountable to him, but he's going to get accountable. He's going to get accountable. You keep doing what you're supposed to do. This load may increase a little. They're worth it. They're worth it. 
I don't know your heart tonight. I don't know if this means anything to anybody. I hope it does. Pray that we can look at ourselves and look at our families and see what a blessing they are.